Amen. Give it up for the worship team this morning. That was, that was amazing. Love, uh, love taking the time out to be able just to minister one-on-one. What a great song. Blessed Assurance is the name of our series. And uh, some theologians would call Genesis 26 chapter a chapter of blessed assurance. So this is why we named it that, the blessed assurance. Uh, and so it's important that we uh, understand God's blessing uh, in our life, uh, we, we, we walk through life and then we wonder, uh, is God really hearing me? Is God really paying attention to me? Is God following me? Is, you know, am I following God? Am I doing things right? Last week we talked about a famine. And sometimes we go through famine seasons in our life. There might be a famine season in your life right now. I talked to many people after service and said, Pastor, I'm in a, I'm in a famine season right now. And God hasn't left you. God's in charge, and he's going to walk you through that. And yet Isaac was in a famine season. We learned that last week. If you're not in a famine season, you probably will be in a famine season at some point in time. Uh, depends on how you set up for it. Even Joseph was in a famine season, but he knew for seven years he could plan for it. And then seven years, he actually got wealthy in his famine season. Well, Isaac's kind of the same way. Isaac listens to God in the famine season, and then God continues to watch out for him. So let's go to our text. It's Genesis 26. We're going to read 12 through 16. And Isaac sowed. Everybody say sowed. Sowed in that land and reaped. Everybody say reaped. In the same year, a hundredfold. The Lord blessed. Say blessed. Say it like you mean it. Blessed. Thank you. Blessed him. Verse 13. And the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. Say wealthy. Awesome. Verse 14. And he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. Everybody say mightier. All right, so we learn here about five different things that Isaac walks through just by doing the one thing that God tells him. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd open our hearts to hear. Open our minds to receive and to understand. Open our eyes to see what you're trying to teach us today so that as we walk out of this place, we can practice, Lord, those things that have been taught us. We love you. We thank you. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ, the only one and mighty son, the redeemer of all creation. Thank you, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said one more time, amen. And so we see Isaac... All right, and he's. Uh, this is not a fairy tale. This is a, a true story. This is historical. Abra- uh, Abraham was promised a son. The son was Isaac. So Isaac is the promise. Now we look at. Sometimes we look at the blessing. It was actually Jacob, whose name was then turned to Israel, and Israel has twelve tribes. He has the twelve sons. So technically. They're the blessing. It's the 12 tribes of Israel whose names are going to be on the walls and the gates of heaven. It's amazing how the 12 tribes are are, uh, thoroughly blessed, but it's Isaac who's the promise. So sometimes as we go through life, we're looking for the blessing and we miss the promise. And that's important to know because God wants us to look for the promise because all of God's promises are yes and amen. So we look for the promise. The blessing is just a byproduct. Don't don't chase the blessing. Chase the promise. 
By the way, Jesus is the promise. So when we chase Jesus, the byproduct is just blessings, being able to have a partnership with Christ our Lord and Savior. So we look for blessings, and this is the mark of immaturity in a person. They want to look for blessings, and how can I be blessed by it? How can it, how can it bless me? How can it be added to me? How can, they, how can this help me rather than I want to look for the promise of God? God, what are your promises? There's 3,000 promises in Scripture. I want to walk in his promises. I want to, help, I want to see his promises fulfilled in my life. And then blessings become a byproduct of that. Again, you need to know that. Don't, don't miss that today. This is important. It's all about the promise. It's not about the blessing. So Isaac was promised of God to Abraham. So he's the promise, and now he's going to learn how he can be blessed so that he can share that blessing with his children and then their children's children, okay? It's important. So we see five key words in here, and the first one is sowed. We said it a second ago, sowed. It's not sowing as in S-E-W, sowing or a hemstress or a hem, whatever they call those people. They're, I'm a hemstress. Seamstress, that's a hemstress. Seam, seam. I'm from South Lamar, just forgive me. A seamstress, you know, someone who sews hymns. That's where I got the hemstress from. I knew that wasn't a word. Seamstress, a seamer, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Not a person, a tailor that you go to. Janie will occasionally uh, hem Andrew's jeans for him. He, he's got to buy special jeans. You know those guys, worship leaders. They have to have a certain look. And then, and then you wonder, you worked on that? I thought you just showed up. Don't say anything. He's downstairs. So she'll hem his jeans or hem his pants or whatever, and, uh, and, it, and it's good. But this is sewing. This is a different kind of sewing. This is actually taking what is in our possession and then giving it away. Or planting it. Literally, in the agriculture realm, would be planting it in the ground. So, in Isaac's case, the Bible says while he was in a famine, he had sowed. Now, this is important because sometimes we don't think we have it to give. It's like, I don't, I don't have it. Listen, write this down. Don't eat the seed. If you eat the seed, you'll never have a harvest. It's impossible. In fact, the scripture says this in, in Galatians, the sixth chapter. Many of you know this, but I'll read it just so you can hear it. One who is taught the word must share all good things with one who teaches. In other words, we're being taught so that we can teach. We're being taught by the Holy Spirit so that we can teach. You're being taught by the Holy Spirit today. Maybe it's through my words, but so that you can teach others. So the one who teaches, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that also will he reap. So whatever you sow good, you're going to reap good. Whatever you sow bad, you're going to reap bad. Here's what it says. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing well, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's Paul's teaching in Galatians, the sixth chapter. Why is that important? Because by the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul is told to teach us that we should sow. And if we sow, then we're going to reap. There's seasons. Scripture says they're in due season or an opportunity. There's two types of seasons or time in life. 
The first type of time or season is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. It's chronological. It's where we get the word chronological from. So it's chronos. It means, uh, you know, now it's uh, just a little bit before 12, and before long it'll be 1 o'clock, and then 2 o'clock, or uh, we're in the summer season, and then a couple months from now we'll be in the fall season, and then winter. Those are chronological times, uh, um, not any, in our age we don't grow younger, we grow older. And it's unfortunate, but sometimes with, with age comes then wisdom. So we're growing chronologically, but then there's another season called kairos. That's what this due season means. It's a kairos moment, K-A-I-R-O-S. So not chronos. Chronos is more predictable. A person uh, is, becomes uh, pregnant with a child. Generally, they're going to have to wait 36 to 40 weeks to have that, that baby, okay, in its due season. But now in, in a kairos, moment, it's like the windows of heaven will just pour open. That's why Malachi 3.10 says, bring a tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's a kairos moment. That's a moment that says, I'm almost, um, and, and this is not the correct way of saying it, but you almost um, force God's hand to bless you. Now again, that's the Theologically not correct. I reverence God too much to say it that way, but that's 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 what God does. And so when I sow, I reap in good season if I faint not, if I don't give up. But there's also a kairos there, some gestation period for vegetables like corn and soybeans in the Midwest are between 90 and 127 days. That's chronos. That corn is not gonna rise up the next day after the farmer plants it, but that one seed's gonna produce 930 four seeds on an ear of corn. That's a pretty good harvest. One seed and almost a thousand-fold return. That's a big deal. So, but every fruit also, and most vegetation, also has a seed in it that can be replanted. And so where God tells us to bring a tithe to the storehouse, and this is not a giving message, so don't confuse it. This is a blessing message. I want to teach you how you can be blessed in the kingdom of God. There are people that can be blessed in the world or by world standard, but maybe they have a higher education. Maybe they have a family line where their family's been blessed for over and over. Maybe they have a, 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 a weird idea like the pet rock back in the 70s where they sold 750,000 pet rocks. A guy got a rock, put it in a box, called it a pet rock, and sold 750,000 of them. First of all, how many wish they would have thought of that? Come on, yeah, let's be honest. That'd have been nice. We didn't. What's the pet rock guy is here? I don't know. So, but this in blessing in the kingdom is just following the principles of God. If we follow the principles of God, then God will bless you. Enough said. Done deal. And this is what Isaac is learning in a famine. And so when we recognize that if I do what God wants me to do, if I sow good seed, I'll reach a, reap a good harvest. And in that harvest, there will be more good seeds. So I almost, almost only have to lay the seed one time, and then the rest is up to God. This is why, and I believe it with everything in me, I've practiced it for probably close to 44, 45 years now, that when I bring a tie to the storehouse, I get more off the 90% than I do the 100% if I kept it. 
It's, it's, a, it's a God phenomenon. Only God does it. And this is why our church will give a tithe. We give tithes to different organizations. Why is that? Because when we start doing that and doing it faithfully, God just starts blessing and taking care of debt and start taking care of things. That's what God does. So uh, there's, I, I know people who actually will, will call people up and say, hey, can I give to something special? I need a blessing. I'm not suggesting you do that, but I know it works. I've seen it done before with different family members. God is that great. And so we sow and then we reap. It's a reaping time on after we've sowed. And then the Bible says here, and Isaac sowed in the land and reaped the same year a hundredfold. One hundredfold did he reap. Now that's a, that's a tremendous thing, especially since he stepped out in faith to do it. The first time that we give, if we don't give in that practice, it's a step of faith. And many of you came up here today trusting God, believing God. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's a, a relational. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's some, whatever. Maybe it's a family member who's lost. You stepped out in faith. That's actually kind of a tie. That's you sowing, saying, this person or this situation needs so much to me, I'm going to step out in faith and believe God. And then you reap what you sow. Again, we're after the promise. We're not after the blessing. The blessing is just a byproduct of the promise. The promise is what God has given you. Maybe God's given you a word. Maybe God's given you a, an impartation in your spirit. You just know it's going to work out. You don't know how it's going to work out. You just know God's going to work it out. This is what God does. And he gives us this blessed assurance. It's like I can't. I can't explain the number of times that my wife and I have gone through situations where we didn't know how it was going to work out. We just knew it was going to work out. There was a blessed assurance there. This is what Isaac was incorporating and learning. There's this blessed assurance that God is going to work it out. God tells Noah in Genesis 8 and 22, as long as the earth exists... Hot and cold, winter, summer, seed time, and harvest will always exist. So every, as long as this earth exists, and he's not talking just about fruits and vegetation. He's talking about spiritual. If you, if you find yourself um, not having many friends, the scripture tells us if we're friendly, we'll have friends. There's a, a sowing there. If you find yourself in depression and fight it by what? We do it with joy, okay? We understand that if I can, if I can have a more joyful outlook on life, then depression, anxiety, those things will we'll cease. So it's a matter of how we look at things and how we walk through those things together, all right, in Christ. And so we, we sow and then we reap. And then he says this, and the Lord blessed him. Let's use the third word, blessed. This is a, an incredibly important and confusing word in Christendom because sometimes we think that um, maybe we've been taught in the past that you can just pray for anything and God will give it to you and like he, he's your supermarket. That's not that's not true. That's not, that's not biblical, okay? It's not a name it and claim it or blab it and grab it type scripture. It's a scripture that says, if I chase the promise, which is Jesus, different byproducts happen. The blessing isn't always in a numerical bank account. The blessing can be a good relationship in a marriage. The blessing could be a good relationship in, in a community of believers. The blessing can be that uh, my car starts when I, when I leave church today. A blessing can be monetary, especially in America. 
I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, I would say probably everybody in this room would say, yeah, I want to be blessed. And that's okay. That's a good thing. We don't serve God so that we can be blessed because we are already blessed by serving God. By serving God alone, he blesses us. There's a, a tremendous amount of blessing. In fact, I found six different blessings in the scriptures. They're not on there, so you'll have to grab them with me. Uh, through Leviticus, through Genesis, through Joel, first of all, there's a double portion. A double portion of blessing is a birthright. So in parts of the Old Testament, the birth of the oldest son, they would get a double portion. The other sons would get uh, a single portion, and the, and the girls just had to fend for themselves. They were going to get married, and, that, and their husband would have to be blessed. So a double portion is a birthright. John 1 and 12 says, as many as receive him, they shall be called the sons of God, not daughters, sons. That's not meant to be gender specific. That's meant to say that we're in that regard, we're all sons. We all have access to a double portion. We all have that right. This is important, church. You have to understand that. And the reason you have to understand it is because now we have choice. Do I want to be blessed or not? Do I want to walk in God's goodness or not? Do I choose uh, Father God to watch over me and bless me through the promise? Or do I just say, well, God's not real. He doesn't take care of his own. Yes, he does. Just like a good father will take care of their own. Can you say amen? And so there's a double portion, that's birthright. There's financial abundance in the scripture. Now we're actually talking about money. When we sow into God's kingdom, he does give you financial abundance. Why? Because he knows he can trust you with it. If you don't sow, then he doesn't know if he can trust you or not. You're not a currency. You're not a conduit that can run through. But if you do sow into God's kingdom, now there's financial abundance because he knows. And, and like we said, Isaac, and we read, Isaac reaped a hundredfold in a year of famine. There was a famine time, which there was a drought, uh, much like parts of the U.S. or parts of the world today. And he, by faith, planted seed. And God, by faith in Isaac, blessed him back. So financial abundance. Number three is restoration. There's a restoring that takes place. There's a restoring that takes place in the kingdom. This is, a, this is the act of Jesus on the cross. He restores us so that we are new creatures in Christ. We're restored three ways. The first way is spiritually. That comes instantaneously at salvation. I'm a new creature, or I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a restored in Christ Jesus. So I'm, I really am a new creature, all right? Now, then the second restoration comes in our mind by the renewing of our mind. And so the mind takes a little bit more than the heart. The mind is stubborn. The mind thinks it knows what it's doing. The mind has been taught different things. So I, I was born and raised in Roman Catholicism, wonderful family, love my family dearly, uh, love my Catholic brothers and sisters. And then I got married, and we, we were raised up spiritually in uh, legalism. And so there, there's, a, there's a war between the two. And Janie and I said, let's take the best of both. Let's take the disciplines of the, of the Catholic church where not going to church isn't mandatory, but going to church is, is lovely and, and, and beautiful. And let's take the idea of, of Pentecostal uh, evangel evangelism where we can expressively worship God and love God. And we married the two together, literally married the two together. And when we, when 
we went into full-time ministry, we said, let's be a church for all people because if we just single out one small group of people, we miss out on 80 or 90% of the others. So if you're Catholic, if you're Methodist, if you're Pentecostal, if you're charismatic, if you're evangelical, if you're Episcopalian, if you're whatever you are, you're welcome at Graves Church. Why is that? Because you're welcome in the kingdom of God. God loves you just the way you are. Now, I spoke harshly against Catholicism for years. There's things that I think Catholics do that I don't know that they're biblical in nature, I, I would assume I would rather not pray to a saint. I'd rather pray to Jesus Christ. All right? But I don't think that's a deal breaker. Are you with me? I don't believe in purgatory. I do believe in Abraham's bosom. I don't believe it exists anymore because Paul said to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. But again, not a deal breaker. Why? Because I know many uh, born-again Catholics who have Jesus in their heart. All right? So I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about Pentecostals who are just emotional, but will go out and talk about the pastor and the pastor's family and everybody else that afternoon and have roast pastor for lunch. Speak in tongues all Sunday morning, get laid out in the spirit, and then get up and don't pay their taxes. Come on now. You know it's true. So stop bashing religions. And start praising Jesus. Are, are you with me? That, that's, that's the beauty of restoration. If I've been, if I've been, listen, and by the way, restoration is an ongoing process. And so the first one is salvation. The second one is renewing in the mind. The third one is your body. It's going to be glorified in heaven. I wish my body was glorified here on earth. I wish I was 6'5", 240 and hair down to here. Just throw that hair back and alive. Do I want long hair someday? Come on, Jesus. But we're going to be restored on the other side. Restoration, this is part of the fall. Well, pastor, how come I don't see that the person, that fruit of that person? How come they're being restored. Our parts of their mind probably aren't restored yet. Their spirit is. That's the first thing. Second thing is their mind. Third thing is their body. You don't see the body restored. That's going to be restored. So you keep praying for them, and the Lord will capture their mind as well. Number four, divine presence. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. These are blessings I've pulled out of Scripture. So divine presence is what we felt a few minutes ago here in the auditorium, and maybe you felt it online. Divine presence is God's coming in through a song or through a, a, a scripture scripture reading or through the word of God, all of a sudden you feel the presence of God and you just know everything's going to be all right. I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm not sure what's going to take place. I just know, God, you are working this out right here. Or then maybe the pastor or worship leader calls people forward and says, come on up. Let's pray for each other. Let's, let's believe in this. And that's the Acts second chapter church. That's the new season church that we're in. And we've been in it for 2,000 years. Let's pray for each other. Let's bear each other's burdens. Let's hold each other up in the unity of the faith. Why? Because it's not about a religious organization. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about, the, it's about the belief that Jesus died on the cross. And he said, I'll make it back. I'll show you how I make it back. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. You're going to be witnesses. What are we witnessing? We're witnessing the love of Jesus Christ and the, the ability for other people to love each other. Amen? And then there's inheritance and lineage blessings. This is simply a transfer of, of growth. This is a transfer of blessings. So God blesses you. Uh, Solomon said a good man leaves a blessing or inheritance to his children's children. 
And I don't know if he doesn't trust his kids with it. He just leaves it to his grandkids. Or maybe they've already got good jobs and they don't need any of it. But that's the inheritance. This is the, this is the, the brilliance of Solomon and the wisdom that he understands that, hey, whatever you lay up, try to, try to save it and pass it down to generation to generation to generation so that their money is working for them. They're not working for their money. So this is blessed. This is a blessing. In fact, Deuteronomy 28 says the same thing: that your barns would be full and your vats would overflow with new wine. And then last is deliverance. And I believe in deliverance. I believe that you have an issue if you have a, a satanic attack, a demonic behavior, if you have an attachment issue, if you have uh, something in your past that you cannot let go of. I believe that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, will deliver you right here and right now in Jesus' name. We believe, this church believes in deliverance. We believe that you can and will be delivered. You just have to accept it. I have a pastor, but you don't know what happened to me. I, I certainly don't know what happened to you, but I know who died for you. And by his stripes, you have already been healed. There's deliverance that takes place. And so this is, this is the blessing then, or the, the blessing. And then he goes on to say, and the man became rich, and he gained more and more until he became, number four, he became wealthy, or there's wealth here. And so he understands then the wealth of the blessing. So now he goes from sowing to reaping to blessing to wealth. And, and like, listen, I'm not going to deny Scripture. I can't deny what Scripture says in this regard. So, uh, hey, you shouldn't talk about wealth in church. Yes, it's okay. It's our right to talk about that because this is what happened to Isaac. Isaac only did one thing, and that was to sow. That's the only thing he did. And then he understood the promises of God. And by understanding the promises of God, then we walk, we walk through this, all right? We don't have to have anxiety. We don't have to have fear of what's going on, what's going to take place, what's going to happen. I, we were, Janie and I were hiking last Monday, and um, we were, after our hike, uh, was a, somewhat of a strenuous hike, actually, oh, wasn't it? <laughs> She said, I'm never hiking that trail again. That's how strenuous it was. And so we, we were led, well, not led astray. We were led to believe the hike wasn't as torturous as it was. We did the hike. Uh, whenever you hike, you should always hike up first. And then you can hike down. We hike down first, and then you have to hike back up. And we, Yeah, that's tough. And so then we hiked back up. We got in our car, and we were driving. And we saw a 450-pound black bear just cross right in front of us. She said, oh, I'm never going to hike again. I said, honey, you don't have to worry about that bear. I'll take care of you. <laughs> and she said, you know what the problem is? I think you really believe that. I said, I do. Ain't no bear going to get between me and you unless I trip you and throw it into my wave. I only got to outrun one person anyways, right? That's a joke. Somebody's like, <laughs> listen, you don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be fearful. You should use wisdom. You should use wisdom. But you don't, you don't have to be that. Listen, God has fulfilled you with all his promises Part of the, byproduct of the byproduct of the promise are the blessing that he equips you with. He blesses his own. And so let me give you some things that a wealthy person would have. This would be in or out of church for the most part. Wealthy people, as a rule, are very humble. You, you've heard about the millionaire next door. You don't know who they are. 
They, they drive the same car. They live in the same house. They have the same furniture, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're wealthy people. They're, they're wealthy. But what we're talking about here is wealth, humility as in the love of the Lord. Wealthy as in I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I don't have to be somebody that I'm not. You don't have to be somebody that you're not. Christ loves you just the way you are. You are his child. You are his chosen one. So they cultivate humility. Number two, they pay attention. Wealthy people pay attention. They, they're very observant. Our little uh, granddaughter, Selah, she's our only granddaughter. In fact, she's the only granddaughter on both sides, and, and she knows it. And, and, and we were talking to her. She hopped in our car on the way over between campuses over to church, and, and Janie asked her a question about uh, there's a, a little place called Santa Land uh, in uh, Cherokee that we've always tried to take the grandkids to. And so, Sailor, did we ever take you to Santa Land? No, um, Mommy and Daddy were going to, uh, but mommy was, in the, mom, mommy was on the fourth day of her, her practice, and Daddy had gotten a phone. She, like, knew the whole thing. It was, it was like, explicit. It was explicit. And, and it was, like, it was a year ago or two years ago. She, she just went through the whole thing in detail. I'm like, wow. You, like, you really pay attention. <laughs> it was amazing. And I think, I think wealthy intellect People pay attention. They're very observant. They see, Janie said, did you catch that? I didn't catch it. When we'll be watching a show, did you, did you hear that? I'll be honest with you, no. I'm going through my message or what I got going on tomorrow. I don't watch shows to pay attention. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> but said, you, you, you didn't catch that? I did not. Could you repeat it or rewind it? Here's what they said. Oh, I got it now. But see, I got Janie. She's observant. I don't have to be. Just saying. Pay attention. Number three, wealthy people recognize patterns. Hear this because I'm giving you a pattern today of wealth. Giving you a pattern of how God wants to bless your life, but it's up to you to walk through it. One, you sow. Two, you reap. Three, you get blessed. Four, you get wealth. Yeah, but, I mean, this ain't a wealth seminar. I don't want to be inspired in church. Why not? Jesus talked about finances. Jesus talked about money. Jesus talked about forgiveness. Jesus talked about heaven. Jesus talked about hell. You can't single one thing out. You have to preach the whole council. But today we're talking about how God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you so that you can be a conduit. But there's a pattern there that takes place all through time. And then number four, wealthy people learn from their mistakes. Solomon says a righteous man falls seven times but gets up every one. Failure is not in falling. Failure is in not getting up again. All this marriage is over, pastor, or my finances are over, this and that, everything. And so, although sometimes some of that's true and God has another way out for you or another way of escape, many times we give up too soon in our finances. We don't think the job is ours or the career is ours. We don't think those things are ours. God says, yes, just learn from your mistakes. David, I love David. Why? Because David never repeated that we're aware of the same mistake twice. He learned from it, and then he moved on. And then the last one is they become a, a knowledge collector. They become someone who collects knowledge. The leaders are always learners, and leaders are always readers. And not necessarily reading the book. It could be on Audible. It could be however. But when you're a leader, 
you or you're wealthy, you collect knowledge. I like um, our son Andrew. Is a, he's an analyst. He likes to he analyzes everything. He'll analyze the next bite of food. He just he stirs over that thing. I'm like, put it in your mouth, son, and chew it up. We gotta go. He looks at it and he thinks about it. He moves around, takes his fork, just like an artist, like he's painting a picture. Then finally, he'll just hit that one piece and look at it. Then he'll eat it. I'm, I'm the youngest of eight. If you didn't eat fast, you didn't get seconds. <laughs> and that is true. Me and Jessica can eat with the best of them. We slam it down. Everybody else is like, where's your food at? We, we done eight hours. We're ready, for, we're ready to go back. But to analyze something, to really investigate it, to really, but that's a, that's a, a strength of, of both of theirs, by the way, probably all of our kids, but theirs, especially that they analyze things and they kind of, they can see things through. People that are wealthy, again, maybe it's more in spirit than in finances, but people that are wealthy really pick things apart and they kind of, they start to see these things. And I, I need you to know that because it's important as you navigate through your Christian walk that Hey, God wants me to not just, again, I think it's maybe my faith. I, I analyze certain things, and other things, they're just, that's, I'm just praying God's will. But maybe we should all analyze or collect information a little bit better. And last but not least, and we'll get the worship team back up here, so come on, worship team, uh, is this. Is, is mighty. He says, uh, and Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. This word might, it's important. Because when, as you grow in Christ, all right, as you, grow in, as you grow in the Lord, it's important that you understand that I'm going to sow. And sowing is not just a one-time deal, but the next time I sow, I'm sowing from my harvest. So I'm going to sow, and then I'm going to reap what I sow. If I continue to sow judgment, if I continue to sow discord, if I continue to sow anger, then that's what I'm going to reap. I'm going to reap, reap judgment because uh, Jesus even says, judge not lest you be judged. He's saying don't sow that because you're going to reap it back. But if I sow goodness, if I sow kindness, if I sow, if I sow richness in people, joy in people, laughter in people, I like the whole Hager family. They all know how to laugh. Every single one of them, they're witty as can be. If you say something, they come right back, but then it ends in laughter. There's, there's absolute joy when you talk to any one of them. It's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful story of laughter. But you know what? They've had hard times too. They fought uh, health battles. They've, they fought relationships. They fought, they fought all these types of things, but you wouldn't know it because the joy of the Lord is their strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So we sow, we reap, we're blessed, and then we become wealthy. We become wealthy as a, as a stature, not of finances, but of maturity. You're rich in the Lord. You're wealthy in the Lord. You're growing in the Lord. And then this last one is he, Abimelech was afraid of him. The Philistines were afraid because you're mightier than we are. We're going to fill your wells in. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. We're going we're gonna to fill your wells in. You're gonna, we're going to try to knock you down. But I go back to that scripture in John 1 and 12 that you've been given the right, the power, the authority to be children of God. 
That's important. Stand with me this morning because I want to I want you to understand that one more time. So you've been given the keys to the kingdom. You've been given the authority to walk in his goodness and his boldness. You've been given the 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 the, the beauty of his majesty to honor a king and say, Hail King Jesus. But sometimes we choose not to. Sometimes we just walk away from it. Sometimes it's like, well, I, I don't know, that's just kind of, that's weird, or that, that's just not me. But God today is saying, listen, why don't you understand? Why don't you understand the choice that I'm giving you? Close your eyes for a second. You know, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands or anything. Or if you're watching online, just maybe just contemplate this. What are, what are some of the things in my life today not that I'm only trusting God for, but that maybe I've, maybe I, maybe I just need to surrender to the Lord. Maybe, maybe today, what are some things that maybe I could sow a little differently? Can I be a better neighbor? Can I be a better friend? Can I be a better employee? Can I be a better boss? Can I be a better uh, Christ follower? Can I be better in my community? Can I be better? What can I do better? What can I be more uh, fluid in? What can I, what can I grow in Christ in? And as we sing this next song, why don't you give it up before the Lord? Just make amends. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for not being the person that I need to be. Forgive me for not sowing into people. Forgive me for not doing the things that you've called me to do. Father, we thank you today for, Lord, your word and for Isaac as, a, as an example. Lord, of how to not only live this life, but how to, how to sow. How to sow in a famine time. How to, how to sow in a down season. Lord, reap that harvest back. Bring that harvest back to us, oh God. Lord, not, not for wealth of riches, even though that may be a byproduct, but for wealth of maturity, teaching us how to use wisdom in the things that you've blessed us with. We speak blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship one more time.
money. Uh, dinero? Yes, and we want it. But peace. Pero, most importante, paz. Peace. When we go through stuff, it's peace. And muy um, difícil problemas and to be uh, uh, vivo, pero es más paz para tú en el nombre de Jesús. And in uh, the... So you know what I love is Marvin's got his his guys here and they don't have to come to church, right? Right, Marvin? Do you make them come to church? Sometimes, but <laughs> you can say that. They have to come to church. Es necesito para tu aquí todos son, or necesito para tu aquí con tu Marvin. Marvin. But I love the fact that they do come and they don't even understand English a lot. So, ella dice, es muy genial, tú es aquí, and es muy amable para tú aquí, porque tú no hablas inglés, solamente español, pero es genial, tú es aquí. So in that, I, I, um, I just kind of felt like, like God was saying, because of your faithfulness, that he is going to bless you with the desires of your heart because you have made a sacrifice to come even though you have to sit here and you don't even know what we're saying but because of your faithfulness God is going to bless you say that <laughs> Dios is lo siento por mi favor would be blessing uh, favor paz para ti porque tú es uh, aquí con Dios and entiende uh, sí forget it awesome well we must get to learn español muy nervioso en uh, mi hablo español pero yo no todo uh, no no yo no conozco todo palabras lo siento okay so we pray that. I'm going to pray that over everybody, and then I want Amanda to close with a prayer in Spanish, whatever the Holy Spirit is putting on you. Just pray it in Spanish, okay? But let me just pray that, okay? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are so good and you are so amazing and that your love for us, it just abounds. And so, Lord, I thank you for that amazing word from Pastor. There's so much teaching there. So, Lord, I pray that all of those um, points that he brings to us today would just come into our hearts, would come into our lives, and we would have joy, we would have peace, we would have understanding, and we would have favor. Walk before us and behind us and beside us and all around us that your blessings would just overtake us, Lord, because we're obedient and we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen on me, you. Dios, gracias para tu es aquí en la casa de Dios. Tu nombre es genio en tu es muy bueno para todo personas aquí. Y gracias para viva, gracias para todo paz, gracias para todo presente aquí contigo. Y en el nombre de Jesús, amén. Amén. Love y'all. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give. 
or by downloading the app and select Give. We can't wait to see you next week.